It's a blessing to be back in God's house tonight. Thankful of the good fellowship and the good day the Lord has allowed us, blessed us with. Tonight, if you have your Bibles and your will, I want to read a verse tonight that we made reference to last night. Seemed like this has been on our heart. Genesis chapter 42. Genesis chapter 42, we're going to back up and read a couple prior to the verse that we want to get to. Beginning with verse 19 tonight. says, If ye be true men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison. Go ye carry corn for the famine of your houses. But bring your youngest brother unto me, so shall your words be verified, and ye shall die, and ye shall not die. And they did so. And they said one to another, We are very guilty concerning our brother, in that we saw the anguish of his soul. When he besought us, and we would not hear. Therefore, is this distress come upon us? Now, I don't know tonight what to title the message. <clears throat> tonight, maybe, maybe anguish of the soul, maybe suffering for the sins of others. Maybe tonight the power of redemption, I don't know. Just going to preach tonight, let it fall where it will. And you pray for us tonight. God grant us liberty to be a blessing to you. But we look at this verse here and read it not too long ago. And it done something down in my heart when I read it. And I picture tonight... That word there that says the anguish of his soul. Tonight, that is deep despair that he felt. This was his brothers that did this to him. And for him to, for them to be willing to do this, as his own flesh and blood, as his own family, and they hated him so much they were willing to do this unto him. And so, It goes over in my mind, I picture as they do this to him. I made mention of it last night, how that that, uh, no doubt he was in great despair. And as they looked in his face, they could, no doubt they could see and they could hear in the sound of his voice the pleading that he had with them, please don't. I, I, I feel like that surely that you know, if they had of only listened to him, if maybe tonight he had been doing something wrong, maybe he would have changed what he was doing if he had of not been speaking right to them or treating them right. Surely knowing that what was about to happen to him, he would have repented and done things different. But I don't think so much it was 
what he had done. It's just tonight what he was, and, and he couldn't help it, but they despised him because of it. And so tonight, but I, I thought tonight about these brethren, I thought about their motive behind what they was doing. And tonight, motive has a lot to do with what all of us do. Tonight, you can, you can do the right thing the wrong way because your motive is not right. And tonight, you can be in uh, uh, the church house and you can be, uh, uh, you know, even a, a man of God, so to say, and, and your motive not be right and you be wrong tonight. And you might be doing the right things and seemingly, you know, but uh, uh, tonight God looks upon the heart of man. God knows her heart tonight. And so uh, uh, here we, we, we see there's two sides of this. There's the side that Joseph was on and there's the side that his brothers was on. Now look, now I try to think about what uh, his brothers was going through their mind. And they thought, you know, surely if we just... Joseph is our problem. Joseph is our problem, so if we just got rid of him, we'd get rid of our problem. And you know the attention that our father has given him, now he wouldn't be able to give that attention to him, and some of that would come back to us. And all the things that we despise in Joseph would go away, and our life would be so much better if Joseph was just not a part of it. Uh, and so tonight, whenever, uh, uh, you know, it, it said they, they, they and so uh, here in the verse that I've read unto you, uh, uh, years have gone by, probably over 20 years, I think, if I add it up right, uh, and, and it's gone by now. And you would think that by now, uh, Joseph would be out of their life. They would have forgotten about him. But they've come down into Egypt and they don't know what's going on. All they know is they've come down into Egypt to buy corn because there's a famine and they need it. And so they come down, they don't realize that the man that they're buying corn from is their brother. They don't realize the situation. Uh, and tonight, you know, I said last night, Joseph is a picture of Christ in the Scriptures. Uh, and we see tonight that as, uh, 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 as uh, 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 Joseph here, Joseph understood what was going on. And so when his brothers came and he put them in prison for three days, and he said, you're spies, and they said, we're not. They said, we're true men. Uh, and they said, uh, uh, they said, uh, they said uh, we have a father with twelve. They say our youngest brother's not with us and we have one that is not. And, he, and, and so he put them in prison for three days. And then he said, if you be true men, he said, you prove yourselves. He said, one of you stay here in the prison. The rest of you go home and you bring your brother back and you prove yourselves what you are. And so they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know the, the, the situation, but Joseph did. And tonight things go on in our life and we don't know what's going on. Uh, but God does and God tries us sometimes. And tonight it's, it wasn't tonight. Joseph wasn't trying to figure out whether they were true men or not. Joseph knew exactly who they were. And I say tonight that uh, when God tries us, it's not to see whether we will or whether we won't. God in His foreknowledge already
already knows what we will do and what we won't do. He's not trying to figure us out. Uh, but tonight, God is helping us to understand our own motives. And He's helping us to understand who we are and where we are. Uh, and so tonight, uh, here, uh, Joseph is uh, he's teaching them a lesson. And they say they're true men, but they're going to figure out they're not. Uh, and uh, and, and as, uh, as Joseph does this, it was 20 years ago. You'd think they'd forgot about it by now. But when this evil befalls them, they say amongst themselves, it's because of what we've done to our brother. They still remembered and they still knew. And it didn't turn out like they thought it would. And I say it tonight, uh, there's a slogan that says uh, uh, that sin will uh, take you farther than you want to go. Uh, it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it'll cost you more than you want to pay. Uh, and tonight, they thought uh, their life would be so much better. They knew it was wrong. They knew it was a transgression. But they was going to better themselves uh, uh, in this life. And I say tonight, you be careful uh, when you try to better yourself. Uh, uh, it's okay tonight. It's not wrong as uh, the brother preached last night to have stuff. Uh, it's not wrong to have and own and possess. He said as long as the stuff don't have you. Uh, and so tonight, they were going to better themselves. Uh, but they did not better themselves. Uh, uh, they, uh, they didn't think about uh, their father. Uh, and so uh, they watched their father mourn and agonize. And until this day, he was still mourning. Uh, he wouldn't let his youngest son go down there because he said, I'll lose him too. And I can't do that. If that happens, uh, I'll go to my grave. Uh, and so they watched their father. It took years off of his life. Uh, whenever that uh, Jacob or Israel came down uh, and met uh, uh, Pharaoh, uh, uh, he come unto Pharaoh and Pharaoh asked him about himself uh, and he told him the days of his sojourning. In other words, how old that he was. Uh, and he said, I've not sojourned according to the number of days of my father. In other words, uh, I think what he was saying uh, is took years off of his life. Uh, he didn't live as long as his forefathers did uh, because uh, of, uh, of the agony uh, that was in his heart uh, uh, over the loss uh, uh, of his son. And his other sons, they watched that and they saw the pain uh, uh, in their father uh, and uh, 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 the, uh, uh, what they expected to receive from their father. They didn't get uh, they didn't get the joy uh, they thought they'd get from it. Uh, but they agonized with their father uh, because it hurt them, him. It hurt them. Uh, and so they didn't get out uh, of their transgression uh, what they thought they would. Uh, and I say tonight it is uh, proper to be true men tonight. You won't get out of sin. What do you think you will? I'll, I'll do this little thing and nobody will know. I'll get ahead just a little bit. But you won't tonight. You won't tonight. You may say nobody will know, but you know. Deep inside, you'll know tonight, and God knows. And so tonight, they, Joseph here, he, he suffered because of the sins of others. It wasn't his transgressions that put him where he was at. But he suffered because of the sins of others. And I read that, I read that a while back, that, that verse. And when I did, the verse over in Isaiah, come to me. I thought over there in Isaiah 53, and it says in verse 11, it says, He shall see the travail 
of his soul. And he shall be satisfied. He said, by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. That, that automatically come to me. And I thought about the travail and the, the, the anguish that was in Joseph's soul. I thought about, we preached last night about what Joseph about what Joseph went through down there and the test that he faced with, with Potiphar and, and with, uh, in the prison there. And then he, he went to Pharaoh and we thought about all that he went through and he suffered. He suffered uh, for the wrongdoings of his brother. He suffered for the wrongdoings uh, of Potiphar's wife. He suffered because uh, the butler forgot him there in prison and he suffered. We said last night that all of that was to bring him. I believe Brother uh, Jeremy said last night how that God said uh, that His thoughts for them was good to have an expected end. Uh, and tonight, uh, uh, Joseph, because of what he went through and because of what he suffered, it prepared him to get to the position that he could be the Savior of the world. Uh, and he was not only for uh, the Egyptians uh, and, the, uh, and the, uh, the people of Egypt, which was a picture of the world, uh, but also uh, that he might be the Savior of his family and his, and his own kind. He, uh, he, uh, if it wasn't for Joseph, nobody would have had corn. It was a worldwide famine. Uh, but because of Joseph and his relationship with God and God's grace, uh, he made it so that Joseph uh, could uh, 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 warn them and prepare them for that famine and save uh, uh, them. Uh, and so I thought about that scripture there and how that uh, Joseph is a picture of Christ. Uh, I thought about tonight, uh, I thought about when you go over uh, in the uh, the book of Matthew and in the book of Luke there they tell about when you look there in Matthew chapter 26 you read there about the prayers that Jesus prayed in Gethsemane. You go over in the book of Luke and it says there that he they both of them give account of the Lord there and as he prayed but the Bible says in the book of Luke it uses the word agony there and he was in great agony in the book of Matthew there it said that my soul is sorrowful even unto death and there was a sorrow in his soul and I thought about that and I thought you know we sang that song sometimes that victory was won at Calvary but tonight victory was won in Gethsemane tonight that was where it began at that agonized in prayer that he prayed I don't know tonight if I'm qualified to talk about that I don't fully understand what went on between the conversation of the son and the father I'm not fully I can't tell you that I fully understand about drinking that cup and all that that meant but I do know that in the scriptures the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrew it says that who for the joy that was set before him. It said he endured the cross, but it said he was despising the shame. And so in my feeble mind, it appears to me that he had joy in going to the cross. I look there in another place, in the book of John, and he said to her, he said, now is my soul troubled. And he said, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Uh, but for this cause 
uh, came on this hour and it said Father glorify uh, uh, thy name and so it looks to me uh, like uh, he stood as a lamb slain uh, before the foundation of the world it looks to me like he came to this earth uh, uh, for the purpose uh, of going to Calvary it looks to me like he went to Calvary uh, with joy in his soul uh, that he could suffer and die for us uh, uh, but that was uh, I believe at Calvary uh, there was no doubt uh, a physical suffering that he went through but tonight there was an agony he went through there in the garden of Gethsemane there was an agony where the Bible says that as he prayed in that agony that his sweat it became as great drops of blood and he sweat blood there because he agonized it said there that he despised the shame I believe tonight you know he was uh, the sinless Lamb of God without spot and without blemish. Uh, he despised iniquity. He despised sin. Uh, uh, but he who knew no sin uh, was made sin uh, for us. Uh, and he bore our iniquities uh, at Calvary. And so tonight uh, he went to the cross. Uh, uh, but listen, uh, I think tonight what really bothered him uh, was bearing the shame uh, and bearing the reproach. Uh, uh, tonight uh, he was sinless. Uh, uh, but yet he took the sins and the iniquity of the world and they went to Calvary and they stripped him down there and naked there and they portrayed him as one who was wicked and defiled and tonight there's no greater disgrace to God than to be in that position and that was agonizing unto him that was shameful unto him and I believe tonight I'm telling you I don't fully understand all about the garden I don't fully understand all about drinking the cup but I feel like it had something to do with despising the shame and the reproach that he was going to have to bear I don't think tonight as far as going to Calvary I think tonight he'd done that with joy I don't think he ever was asking to get out from under going to the cross but it was the shame that he despised And tonight he went to Calvary and he bore our sins and he bore our reproach. And tonight he he was, even as Joseph, he put him in a position and a place to be our Savior tonight. So, tonight he... I, I don't... I don't know tonight that I <clears throat> I made mention of our motive. Tonight Joseph he went to went through what he went through. If you'll turn back there you'll find that <clears throat> he told his brethren when he Revealed himself unto them. He said, I'm Joseph. He said, Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. Joseph tested them. Right before Joseph revealed himself unto them, 
his brothers here, they come, I believe they come to a place of repentance. They knew that he was going to keep Benjamin. They saw the grief and the anguish that it caused their father. And they said, we can't, we can't go home without him. They said, we can't. It'll, it'll put him in the grave. Take me. They, they, got, they got honest there. They got, they got earnest. And they, they got past, you know, before they had their cloak of righteousness, they, their, 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 their expression was, we're true men. But their true natures come out there. You know, I remember when God dealt with me. I believe it's the same for every sinner. We have to come to the end of our own righteousness and realize what we really are. We have to come clean tonight and realize tonight it's in His hands. And, uh, and so, and then and only then will God truly reveal Himself unto you. And when they come to that place, that's when Joseph said, I am Joseph. He said, Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither. For God did not send for God did send me before you to preserve life. These two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And tonight, the Savior, He suffered for our sins at Calvary. But it was His Father who sent Him. And tonight, His Father sent Him and and He as a willing servant became willing to go to Calvary. Trade places with us. He took our whooping at Calvary. He paid our sin debt at Calvary. And He took took what was was our chastisement that we might trade places and, and take part in His inheritance. And I praise God for that. And so he told them that in another place when, when they come down to Egypt and their, and their father died, they were afraid of what was going to happen unto them. And, uh, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he told them, and Brother Jeremy mentioned this last night, he said, for, you know, you intended it for evil. He said, but God, you know, he said he intended it for good. And so it was God that was doing it. But tonight it was, it, was, it was their transgression. They did realize and they did accept it was their iniquity that done this. But God worked it out and God worked it out to their good to save them. Listen tonight, the power of God's redemption. There's, I, I can't tonight, the, 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 the heart that Joseph had 
whenever his brethren, he could have spent the rest of his days in envy, just waiting for the opportunity how to get revenge. And when he saw his brethren coming, he could have under, under his breath said, I've waited for years for this. But he did not. He said, don't be, don't be upset with yourselves. He said, God's done this. God has worked this out. And I believe Joseph understood. And he saw the hand of God working in his life to get him to a place that he could be a savior for them. And I wonder tonight, you know, that is the heart of Christ. When Christ came to this earth, and it was our transgressions, it was our sins, it was our iniquities, but His Father sent Him down here, and He came willingly, and He went, and He went to Calvary, and He died for you, and He died for me. But tonight, we, we you know, we just must understand that yes, it was our transgressions, but God worked it out, and He showed us redemption. He showed us, listen, the greatest attribute of God. If some people would say, well, why did, why did, he, why did he make it like He did in the garden? Why did He give them opportunity to transgress like that? But listen, if He hadn't, if we would have never seen the grace of God, that's His greatest characteristic. That's His greatest attribute. If God hadn't have done that, we would have never seen how gracious and merciful that God is. But tonight we look at Calvary and we love Him, the Bible says, because He first loved us. And I look at this story and, and I get excited about uh, looking at Christ and what He done and seeing uh, the similarities in Joseph and how and that after all those years uh, He loved His brother and He fell on their neck and He loved them and He said, I'm going to take care of you uh, down in Egypt. And He did. He kept His word and He took care of Him. And listen tonight, we come to God and it's not because we've been good. It's not because we've worked for it uh, to find favor with God. Uh, but it's because that God had mercy. It's because there's a gracious God heaven and saw tonight saw what we were and He had compassion upon us and so tonight I would pray that as we go through this life we would look at things after the similitude of Joseph and say that maybe God has put me in a position I mean there's people who will do you wrong they'll run over you and laugh but you know things go in circles and cycles and what goes around comes around and there could come a time in your life uh, uh, that somebody that's done you wrong uh, uh, listen it might be an opportunity uh, for you to show them the grace of God and win them to Christ uh, uh, because tonight uh, uh, Christ is in you and greater is he that is in you uh, than he that is in the world uh, and so tonight uh, if we have the love of God uh, in our hearts uh, our motives will be right uh, and when we see opportunities tonight it will be in our heart to do the right thing uh, tonight I look at Joseph and I see the mercy that he had it would be hard in the flesh to do what Joseph done but tonight you know I look at my own life and I see tonight how that God as a 15 year old boy I came to the end of myself and I realized that tonight that he was my only hope I came to the end of myself and I sold out to and I trusted him and he saved me tonight and I didn't deserve it brother Logan but he has been good to me he's been such a merciful savior and a good God to me and I praise him for that tonight I praise him for that tonight I don't know tonight what else I need to say maybe about this message there's so much that I could 
tonight, but in my heart I rejoice in what God has done for me. I rejoice that He has been so merciful to me, so good to me in this life. You know, tonight I pray, I pray tonight. We talked, we fellowshiped a little bit this afternoon and something come up about, and I said something about motives and, and, and I can't remember exactly even the whole context of the conversation. But tonight I pray for me and I pray for you that our motives tonight would be as honest and genuine, as pure as they can be. There's some hard things in this life. There's some hard things. That was, no doubt, you know, I think about the anguish that the Lord looked, went through there when He went off to pray. And tonight He come to that place in the garden. Now, I, I don't know tonight all there is to know about prayer. But I know tonight that prayer can change things. The right kind of prayer. And there's times that I have there's times that I've prayed, and I've prayed better than at others. There's been many a times that my prayer's not done much, maybe. But it's always right to pray. Yes. It's always right to try. But there's times when I feel like I've had a special invitation to pray. Yes. And there's times when maybe I have just tried to pray, and maybe not felt the tug to pray, but just knew I needed to, and tried, and God met me there. And there's times when that uh, in prayer that God has overshadowed, and I think about I think about Abraham. I think tonight, whenever there was a there was a time when he had waited for a hundred years for a promise, and I guess he thought it was never going to come to pass, and then God brought it to pass in his life, and he had that little child, and not only did he have the child, but he had promises through that child, future promises that was to come. And I don't know, but I feel like tonight that that child, I feel like that as he watched that child grow, that child began to take his heart. And he loved that child. No doubt he would. But you know, he had been a friend of God for all those years. and he had, but, but you know, it's, it's easy sometimes to maybe get to worshiping the gift more than the giver. And he got to looking at that child. He, he, he loved that child. And I don't know if maybe that child began to compete in the throne room of his heart with God. But God said, I want you to offer that child. I want you to offer that child as a sacrifice. And I don't know, but I, 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 I can almost guarantee you there was, a, there was a sleepless night filled with prayer that went on in Abraham's house. Abraham probably wrestled in his mind and thought, how can I do this? You know, God, you've given me these promises through this child and those promises can't come true if that child is dead. How's this going to come? How's this going to work out? How's it going to happen? And he couldn't understand it. And it would have been very easy for him to say, God, I can't do that. I just can't do that. Forgive me. I don't know. I hope I'd never be put in a situation like that. But tonight, God wasn't, God wasn't testing Abraham to see what Abraham would do. God was testing Abraham to help Abraham see what was going on in his own heart. And there come that morning, he, from whenever the commandment came until in the morning, I don't know what all went on. The Bible don't say. But I know one thing, Abraham rose up 
and he, and he, and he saddled his animal there. And he got those young men and he carried the wood there. And he went off to a certain place. And when he got to where he could see the place where it was going to take a place at, he said, you stay here. And he said, me and the young lad, he said, we're going to go up there and we're going to worship. Now there's a lot of misconception about what worship is today. A lot of people think that worship is jumping the pews and running the aisles. And that might be a part of worship. But the first time, this is the first time that worship was ever mentioned in the Bible. And it involved the greatest sacrifice that ever took place in Abraham's life. Abraham, I guarantee you, when he was going up that mountain, he did not feel like shouting. He did not feel like running and jumping the pews. But he, tonight, as he went up that mountain, he told them he was sorrow. There was agony in his heart. But he got it settled that night in prayer. And he said, me and the lad, he said, we're going to go up there and we're going to worship. So that ought to tell us a little bit about what worship really is. And he got up there. And when he got on the mountain, he followed through with all of his heart. It was already settled in his heart before he ever went up the mountain. It was settled in his heart that morning when he woke up and he saddled his animal and he got his son. It was already settled as far as he was concerned. It was already finished. And I feel like tonight that's what took place in the Garden of Gethsemane. They say the Lord's Prayer is hallowed be thy name. But I feel like the Lord's Prayer is what he done when he went off in the garden and he prayed a great drops of blood and he agonized. And he come to the place. He said, not my will, but thy will be done. And, he, and it was already settled. When he come out of the garden, he said, the one that comes to betray me, he's on his way. And so he was settled already. At that point, he was going to Calvary and nothing was going to stop him. And we need moments of prayer like that in our life. Some people say, well, if this happens, I'll do that. If this happens, I'll do that. You'll do just exactly what Peter done when he said, I'll go to prison with you and I'll die with you. But before the night was over, he had denied the Lord three times and cursed. But when he looked the Lord in the eyes and repented in soul and knew what he'd done, he went off and he prayed and he wept bitterly and something changed in Peter. He had agonizing prayer that changed his life. And we need that. We need prayer that will cause us. You know it's good to pray in public and in the congregation. But we need prayer where we go off to the garden alone and we come to the place in our heart where we say, Not my will, but thy will be done. Go ahead, brother. 